This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dan, Safa is the best mattress choice for us. After all, how could you go wrong with their risk-free 180-day in-home trial and 15-year warranty? That does sound risk-free. Takes me back to some of our risk-free vacations. You mean that rafting excursion you claimed to be risk-free but ended in a four-story waterfall? <laughs> Or the African safari that ended with a flat tire by the lion's den? Or the... You know what? Let's just order our Satva. Get $200 off your purchase of $1,000 or more at Satva.com slash 200. Hi, this is Cal Ripken Jr. And you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and more. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We're brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Axe Exotic Pets, and our great, great friend Heather Saxton at Hunt Real Estate. Look, buying and selling homes, it is a nightmare. Stressful, time-consuming, you name it. And home is more than just a place. It's a feeling. You don't want to rush it. You don't want to make the wrong move. Well, I'm giving you a chance here to, to make the right move in hiring Heather Saxon as your real estate agent. Give her a call today, 315-727-3313. That's 315-727-3313. Heather Saxton of Hunt Real Estate is a licensed real estate salesperson, the official real estate agent of the ML Sports Platter. So we are at the break of the Major League Baseball season. We're at the All-Star break here as we record this. And I just wanted to kind of go around the league a little bit as far as first-half takeaways, a first-half sort of recap. And, you know, I, I'm going to start right right in the NL West. Um, actually, first of all, individual performances. Let's start with that. I mean, Shohei Otani was the first-half number one storyline, in my opinion. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. I mean, when you think about the numbers that he put up, you think about him pitching, you think about him um, hitting. It's it's just, I mean, it's absurd what he's done. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are like, oh, we haven't seen this since Babe Ruth and this and that, but maybe we haven't seen this at all, right? Like, maybe we haven't seen this, period. Um, right now, he's the front runner for the MVP. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. You, there is no other choice. And Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, is is next in line, but he's not pitching every fifth day. <laughs> you know, uh, you're talking about 33 homers. You're talking about 84 hits. You're talking uh, 70 RBI. You're talking a 279 batting average. Uh, you know, his OPS is over a thousand. I mean, it's it, it's 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 crazy. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. And then. You know, he's 4-1 pitching with a 3.49 ERA. Um, it's just, it's mind-blowing. The only problem with Shohei Otani is it's the same thing with Mike Trout, right? And that is that here's this great player. And trust me, I hope that the 
I really hope that he stays healthy because I hope we can see this for a few more years. I worry about him, you know, burning out, so to speak. Um, so I really hope he stays healthy. I really hope we have a few years left to watch this. I mean, what I, I mean, what I would give and what everybody would give for five to seven more years of this, right? But I don't know if he'll hold up that long. Um, but I can tell you that that right now he is you know, the MVP of, of the league, uh, in my opinion, you know. And Vlad Guerrero Jr., look, he's hit well over 330 for the majority of the year. He's got the homers. He's got the RBI. Uh, he's clearly the best hitter on the team. You have to work around Vladdy uh, in that lineup, right? I mean, he, he basically, you know, everything goes around him when he starts hitting when he's when he's doing it. Uh, the lineup is completely different. Um, but, again, Shohei, I think you got to start off there. Uh, and then, you know, I trickle into the NL West because that's really where the best baseball has been played by by not two teams, right? We had the we had the Dodgers and the Padres going into this season as the as the two clubs that um, you know, we're gonna duke it out for supremacy in that division. And surprise, surprise, welcome to the party, San Francisco Giants. The Giants with their complete roster. I mean, just complete from pitching to bullpen to uh, timely hitting. Um they have been really, really, really good. And, you know, I give them a lot of credit. I really do because, um, you know, you, you go into this year, you kind of didn't know what, what you had. How long can you keep going with this cast of, you know, of guys who uh, have won World Series, right? They're winners. Like, do you blow it up? Are you trying to stay loyal? They, they've done it with some guys being injured as well at times. Uh, Evan Longoria, among others. Um but you know, for for the most part, it's been a, you know, it's been a remarkable, remarkable year uh, so far for the Giants. I mean, they've gotten pitching out of Alex Wood. They've gotten pitching out of Desclafani. They got a great outing again at Kevin Gosman on Sunday uh, this past week. So they've really, really, really gotten the the arms to come through, and uh, certainly, um, you know, we know that the hitting has been has been really, really good, really spectacular. And, and look, those championship guys, um, you know, those championship guys night in and night out have been doing it. And that's really that's really all there is to it. I mean, you know, Crawford comes every night, seems to get a big hit, had three hits on Sunday against the Nationals. You know, Buster Posey every night, right? And then you mix it in there with the Wades and the Yastrzemskis and the Floreses and, uh, you know, the Dickersons and, you know the Giants have been um, Giants have been a nice story. They've been really, really something. You know they played the game the right way too. I mean, you know you hope that um, we're getting the game back slowly but surely, maybe with some you know some new um, you know some 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 new ideas uh, to challenge the analytics. I guess new ideas would be just bringing back the old ideas. You know, hitting and running and bunting and beating the shift and stealing bases and all that sort of thing. Um, but Gabe Kapler went in there and, you know, I, I, am, am I a huge manager guy? Uh, sometimes I'm more like Mark Feinsand though of MLB.com who doesn't, you know, go wild one way or the other uh, in terms of a manager. Uh, sometimes the manager clicks, you know, you fire Billy Martin, hire Bob Lemon, you hire Jack McKeon for the Marlins, right? Some of those stories, uh, in situations. Okay. But for the most part, I, I don't think Gabe Kapler is the reason why, the Giants are winning. I think all the players are, are really overachieving. Uh, and I think it's been a heck of a year, a heck of a NL West party 
so to speak, uh, out that way. The Dodgers, I mean, goodness gracious, they, they can score 20-plus runs one night. They can beat you 4-2 to two the next night. They can beat you 8-2 to the next, 2-1 to one the next. I mean, they're, they're really, really good. The Padres are tremendous uh, as well, but they're six games out of first place. They're four behind the Dodgers. So it'll be interesting to see where, where that uh, you know goes. The other two teams, Colorado, I think, you know, look, hosting the All-Star game this, this week and you got a situation there where I think they're just biding some time. Uh, will they be in wild card contention, right? Because if they're in wild card contention, do they keep Trevor Story? If they're not, do they trade Trevor Story? Um, yes, yes, right? On both of those, probably. And Arizona is just an absolute circus. Uh, they should just blow up the whole thing. You know, the NL Central, the Brewers are the one, there's two teams in baseball, I think, that could run away with their respective divisions. One of them is Milwaukee. The other one resides in the AL, and I'll get to that in a minute. But they're four up on the Reds, eight better than the Cubs and Cardinals, and 18 better than the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I really like this Brewers team. I mean, I think they could go toe-to-toe with the Padres or Dodgers or Giants in a seven-game series from the standpoint that they've got pitching. They can throw out Peralta. They can throw out Woodruff. They can throw out uh, uh, Burns. Uh, they can throw out a bunch of guys. Every single night they have a guy who gives them a chance to win on the mound. And that's what I really like about them. Uh, you know, and then you know what their, you know, team is is all about. I mean, this is a team that, uh, you know, hits for average and power for the most part. Uh, they have gotten tremendous play. I mean, tremendous play uh, out of uh, Willie Adamas at shortstop. They've gotten a great year so far of out of uh, Nervaeus, the catcher. Um, you know, Colton Wong's been really good. We know that he's been a veteran in this league forever, second baseman. Uh, despite the fact that he struggled at the plate with a brutal uh, batting average, Jackie Bradley Jr. still provides some fielding plays that absolutely make your jaw drop. Um, Avisel Garcia in right field has been a nice spot uh, for them. Uh, you know, you'd like to get Yelich all the way healthy for good, you know, instead of knick-knack injuries and all the rest. But Milwaukee, Milwaukee's a really good team, and Milwaukee... Uh, they do have their moments where they they just disappear. Um, the bullpen really good, by the way. Sub one fifty ERA for Josh Hader, along with uh, you know a cool um, sixty three strikeouts. <laughs> you know um, he's a beast, and they've just got a lot of arms coming at you, lefties, righties, etc. The, the Brewers the Brewers are a nice complete team. So we're here at Marshall's with Liz for some holiday shopping. She's really nailing it this year, isn't she? Oh, yep. She's got a record player for Amy. A gorgeous cozy sweater for Jason. And some hot pink fluffy slippers for her sister. The perfect gift. Wait a sec. (gasps) She's getting a pair for herself. Well, with prices this good, it would be rude not to. You know what? She totally deserves it. Oh, totally. Happy holidays, everyone. See you at Marshall's. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. 
And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Um, I'm interested to see the Cubs at the deadline, that 2016 team. Will they sell? Will they keep? Um, you know, they, I mean, you got Chris Bryant, you got Baez, you got Rizzo, you got pieces from that team five years ago that helped make history. Um, you know, if, if they fall way, way, way down, I mean, you just move them all and just get pieces and revamp the farm system and start over. Uh, if the Cubs front office would commit financially and you get that farm system back a little bit, um, I think you could do some things there. Uh, the Cardinals, nah, not really worried about them. Um, I picked them to win the division, but they just don't seem to have it. They're missing their ace. Uh, you've got Arenado and Goldschmidt are fantastic, but they just don't have a lot of depth and versatility on that team. NL East, I think, is is pretty wide open. I mean, the Mets lead it with three and a half games ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies, but that's just a mediocre division. The Nationals have shown nothing this year so far. The Marlins are 11 games under 500. The Braves lose Okuna Jr. a few days back, which was just devastating. I saw that on Twitter. I was so upset to see that because he's one of the top probably five players in Major League Baseball. If you're a baseball fan, you like to see the dynamic best players, and he is, in fact, one of those. Um, you know, and then you've got, obviously, the Phillies, again, around 500. They just, you know, Bryce Harper's played well. Uh, they get players. They're a splash team. That's what I like to call them. They come at you. You know, they look like world beaters when you flip them out. I, I haven't seen the Phillies on, on a while. So you flip over to MLB Network and you watch them for two innings. And you're like, man, this team looks like a pennant winner. And then you check them out the next five days and they look like one of the worst teams in the game. Uh, the Mets, I'm not sold across the board on them yet as a World Series contender. Um, I am sold that they um, are the division front runner, uh, up three and a half, sure, but for the long haul because they have the best pitcher in Jacob DeGrom. Their offense has been clicking uh, recently. You got Pete Alonso. You got a couple of guys who can just tear you apart in the offense. And, uh, you know, bullpen, you know, here, there. I think the bullpen, I think they, they always need another arm in that bullpen. I don't care what anybody says. But the Mets, by default of the division, and I think them at least improving a little bit in the DeGrom factor, uh, you'd, have to, you'd have to pick them at this point to hold on to win that division. The AL West, the Houston Astros leading the way. I'll get to the rest of that and the American League uh, here in a second. But we are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College. For every end in life, Bryant and Stratton College, what a terrific place to be. Right now, with athletics and academics and excellence, they have a new program in nursing and much, much more. They've been adding employees. Go check out the two- and four-year degrees today at Bryant Stratton College on their website, bryantstratton.edu. And, of course, you can become a Bobcat today. And if you're in and around Central New York, hit them up on both campus locations in the city on James Street and in Liverpool. Bryant and Stratton College is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. The Houston Astros, uh, look, I, I read a great piece by Kevin Kernan in Ball 9 uh, recently about um, uh, doubles. Uh, well, it was inserted in there. It, it was part of it, um, part of the piece, you know, part of slamming analytics and all the rest. But inside this piece talked a lot about doubles. And teams that are hitting doubles, you score more and you're more balanced. You're just naturally that way because you're hitting the ball in the gap. 
Uh, you're not necessarily pulling and trying to hit the ball over the shift into the moon. You're putting it in the gaps. You're putting it in play, things of that nature. You're putting good swings on the on the ball. You're, you know, you're making contact. And Houston's a good doubles team. And Houston on Sunday, they came all the way back from 7-2 to two to beat the Yankees. Aaron Boone, for some reason, would not take Chad Green out of the game. You could see he didn't have anything. And that's what Chad Green is. Chad Green either goes in, he gives you two innings of shutout ball with four strikeouts, or he gets lit up like a Christmas tree. And boy, oh boy, Aaron Boone, what an embarrassment. You're up 7-2. You just dominated two games against Houston. You got to win that third game. You got to hang on. You got to go into the all-star break with that sweep. And the Yankees lose. And of course, Jose Altuve, of all people, gets the walk-off home run. But Houston's a strong team. You know, the Valdez and McCullers and company in the rotation, they always seem to find a pitcher. Zach Granke's there building his Hall of Fame resume. And um, I expect Houston to win that division. Oakland, you know, they've tailed off the last month and a half. Uh, Seattle, five games over 500. They've actually been playing better than I thought. I root for them a little bit because of Tom Murphy, who was a catcher there, who, who went to my high school. Um, the, the Angels, again, right around that 500 mark and Mike Trout, I, I guess we'll be back soon, sometime, within the next month. And then Texas is deplorable, 20 games under 500. The other team, by the way, besides the Milwaukee Brewers, I wanted to discuss in terms of running away with the division, Chicago White Sox, because the AL Central is deplorable. Kansas City's terrible, Minnesota's terrible, Detroit's terrible, and Cleveland... Um, you know, they, they've had their share of injuries. I don't know how they've even gotten to the point where they're three games over five hundred, but it's still only good for eight games back of Chicago. I just can't see anybody coming close to the White Sox here until the end. Um, you know, and I really like the White Sox lineup, too. Um, they've been pitching fairly well, um, but their lineup is is one of the best in the game. Um, I, I, I really I really like it. I mean, they, 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 do a, they do a really, really nice job in terms of, you know, uh, putting the ball in play with runners in scoring position. They have the ability to home, hit home runs and kill you there. Um, you know, Jose Abreu, year in, year out, just continues to get it done. Um, you know, Tim Anderson at shortstop, what a great leadoff guy he's been. Um, they've got pieces, man. They've got some big, big pieces. They play defense. They run. Um, and it's no secret, right? It's no secret. You know, Yoan Moncada uh, is having a decent year. Uh, they had to send down Yerme Mercedes down to the minor leagues, obviously. But, um, you know, it's no secret. It's no secret. You look around baseball, who's leading the division? Who's winning? Who's doing? Uh, who's, you know, eight games up? Who's, you know, who, what team looks the best? What team plays the best? Um, it's teams like the White Sox and the Astros and, and the Brewers and the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, and in the AL East, the Boston Red Sox, because they're putting the ball in play. They're hitting for average and power. They're not allowing analytics to just override everything, and um, and, and then they're complementing it with, of course, a, a really good rotation and a bullpen that hangs in because of that rotation, um, you know, and they play good defense, and, and it's just it's baseball 101. It's a blend. It's versatility. Again, I'm all right with analytics. I'm not okay with analytics dominating the game. Alex Cora is back in Boston, and look at the way they're playing right now. Bogarts tearing the ball, uh, tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, Devers has been great. Martinez has been great. Vasquez at times. They've had some players there. Alex Verdugo. Uh, they've got four or five guys who are mashing, and then all the other things I talked about are falling into place. Tampa Bay, a game and a half out of first place. They're hanging around. This is what they do. Actually, they're not even hanging around. I mean, they're 16 games up uh, over 500. 
Um, I expect the Rays to make the playoffs because that's what they do. They figure out a way. They find pitchers. I don't know where they find them. I don't know where the Astros find them. I don't know where these teams find these arms, but they do. And Tampa Bay always seems to get that clutch hit, whether it's a Rosarina, it's Brandon Lau, it's, you know, Choi, who knows. Uh, Toronto's easily, for me, the most fun team to watch because I love watching Bichette, Biggio, Gurriel, Vladdy. I love watching that lineup. The Yankees are deplorable. Three games over 500. Uh, don't trust them whatsoever. If it wasn't for the Garrett Cole gem in game two against Houston, they probably lose two or three in that series. And, um, you know, we're feeling not great about them to begin with. But, man, alive. I mean, that's that's just not a good baseball team. And I almost, as a Yankee fan, wish they just wouldn't win two games like that against Houston because I'm so sick and tired of, you know, getting kind of brought back in just enough to be like, oh, I'm looking forward to the game today. Maybe they'll win again. Maybe they're turning the corner. When I know they're not, I know they're not in reality, but there's always that thought, right? There's always that one little thought that they are. I'm so sick and tired of watching Brett Gardner. I'm so tired of watching John Carlos Stanton. I'm so sick and tired of watching these guys. And, you know, in, in, in the rotation, I trust no one besides Garrett Cole, which is, that hasn't changed since the beginning of the year. And the bullpen right now is dinged up in every which way because they've been taxed. Uh, you got a COVID tracing. You got this. You got that. Chapman's a mess. Loisaga uh, going to get burned out here. They're they're a mess. And even if they win a playoff spot, they will get destroyed in the postseason because they're built the wrong way. Then you have the Orioles, by the way, uh, minus 138 run differential. I'll just leave that there. Uh, PML Sports Platter brought to you by Brian Convoy of Mass Mutual New York State. Tax-efficient retirement planning today with Brian. Go ahead and visit advisors.massmutual.com. Get your financial future set up today with Brian Convoy of Mass Mutual New York State. On LinkedIn, on Facebook, Brian really opened our eyes to a lot of new things and uh, super happy to be uh, working with Brian on our financial future uh, here in our household. Brian Convoy of Mass Mutual New York State. He is the official financial advisor of the ML Sports Platter. little crossover episode here, Scott Petoniak, my good buddy, the best-selling author, storyteller, insider, and reporter on all things sports, especially the Buffalo Bills for the last several decades. RBJ.net for more, Rochester Business Journal columnist, and on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak. He joined me on Bills Brawl to chat a little bit about the Bills Stadium uh, talk recently, the new stadium in Orchard Park. Could there be still a situation where they could build it downtown? Josh Allen's contract situation and what boxes the Bills want to check during training camp. Here is that interview. You're listening to a Brawl Network production. This is a podcast for the best fans in the NFL. Are you in the mafia? What? It's time for a Bills Brawl podcast. Second down and seven. Kelly with the tie. Touchdown. Bill Brooks. Allen. Deep shot. Touchdown. On the line to Stephon Diggs. And Thurman breaking tackles at the 22. Inside the 10. Touchdown Buffalo. Another episode of the Bills Brawl. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley, at Bills Brawl, at Mike L Sports on Twitter. We bring him in, the longtime Buffalo Bills insider columnist. He is now with the Rochester Business Journal, a best-selling author on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak. My good 
pal Scott joins us to talk some Bills camp expectations, the new stadium talk, and more. Scott, thank you so much, buddy. Welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. Always fun. Let's get into the Bills Stadium, you know, news as of recent days here uh, and weeks where it looks like they're going to build right on the grounds in and around Orchard Park. They've already got, you know, the facilities and the practice area sort of built in there for training camps for years to come. We know it's out there again this year for a couple of reasons, that being one, and obviously, you know, we're kind of getting out of Corona. Um do you like the the fact that it might be an orchard park? Uh, and and do you, as a follow up, see any any reason there that it wouldn't be an orchard park uh, in the near future? Well, um, you know, look look at I I love uh, I love the stadium itself. I always thought it was uh, one of the best um, places to watch a football game in the NFL, and I've been to the majority of them. Um, so for, from that standpoint, from the average fan. Um, it clearly doesn't have the bells and whistles that the Jerry Joneses and Robert Crafts of the world want and demand. Um, you know, I get all that. And, you know, from a selfish standpoint, I always thought the location I didn't like from the start. I mean, you know, there had been talk about building the original stadium in Lancaster, New York, which would have made it a half hour closer to you know, fans from, from Rochester, which was, is, you know, the secondary market and, and even Syracuse, it would cut off a half hour off that. So, you know, it, it would have been better and it would have been right off the throughway. The access roads would have been so much easier. That said, um, you know, you, you know, part of me nostalgic wise, uh, you know, I'm glad that, you know, the consideration is for Orchard Park, but I, I should point out, Mike, the more I look into this and the more, um, I think about this. I'm still not sure that it's a uh, um, a lock that it's going to be in Orchard Park. I know those were um, the original reports, but I find it kind of interesting that there has been no comments from pretty much anyone other than the county executive, Mark Polenkarns of uh, of Erie County. You know, so I, I don't I don't know if this is a done deal yet, or if this is. Uh, actually like some some uh initial salvos like uh you know is, is part of this whole negotiating game that goes on whenever there's a lease extension or stadium improvements or a brand new stadium being built which obviously hasn't happened in in these parts in, in almost half a century and stuff so i you know I, it sounds like that is where they would be leaning toward because it would be the most the least expensive and when i say least expensive we're still talking north of a billion dollars um and uh and people are going to pay one way or another uh you know so you know there's still i guess an outside chance that you know that uh maybe you know the powers that be in buffalo still push for a downtown stadium uh you know i I think i think we've got to be careful here that those were the initial reports and we haven't heard from uh, very many of the parties since, you know, and, um, you know, going downtown is, is, would be much more expensive and it also would, uh, change the dynamic. You know, the bills are known for tailgating and having the spaces out there in Orchard Park to do it and do it, you know, big time. Uh, you're not, you're not going to have that same situation in the city. It's going to be more cramped. You're going to have more, um, shuttling in from, you know, different parking lots that are 
far away from, you know, where the stadium would be built and so forth. So I guess I, I guess I would just take a wait and see attitude right now because I don't I don't know if this is a done deal. These are just kind of the, you know, early salvos being fired here. And and the other thing, you know, that I pointed out in my column when when this news first broke is that I just don't see Mike anyway. How are you going to, you're not going to do this playing games in Toronto or even more ludicrous playing games in Happy Valley, Penn State. You know, that, that stuff's not going to happen. I, I can't see the Bills paying, uh, playing even a minimum of two seasons on the road, you know, so that, uh, you know, this can, can be built in Orchard Park. And, and also, the more I think about the campus setting that they have there in Orchard Park, um, if you're not going to build this on the original footprint, where where are you going to do this, Mike? Are you going to put it the, you know, the parking lots just to the other side, the, you know, away from the side where there's the, you know, the airplane hangar practice facility and stuff? Are you going to build in that parking lot? I, I don't know. I I I, I got to see, you know, before, um, you know, I I think that this is definitive. One thing that I've always been concerned about is you know, putting a dent into the Bills Mafia experience, and you brought it up, mm-hmm. the tailgating is one part, but also the wallet. I mean, you know, nailing, yeah. nailing Bills Mafia that way. I mean, the average income, Lancaster, Hamburg, Tonawanda. I mean, I, there's a lot of money in all parts of cities and all the rest, and I get that, but Buffalo is a blue-collar town, and the average income is, I don't know what it is right now, but I can tell you this, Season tickets right now are super cheap, and I know a lot of people who are season ticket holders, they've been season ticket holders for that exact reason. They might move them and make some money. They might go to four or five games a year. They might go to all of them. They might just buy, you know, they might sell them and then get others in another spot. But, Scott, that's a that's a big one-two punch there. That's a big one-two punch blow to Bill's Mafia if they were to go downtown eventually because of what you said. You know, you put a dent in the tailgating and, the, and really the experience, but, man, how many people are going to be able to drop 15, 18, 20 grand on season tickets? Well, and, and the other thing, let's not forget, Mike, that even if this is built in Orchard Park, as the initial reports indicate, don't think that this is the, the prices of everything aren't going to go way up. Now, I, I think we all can agree um, that you are not going to charge for personal seat licenses in Buffalo, New York, in Western New York, right. um, the way that... We saw happen, you know, out in the San Francisco Bay Area for the 49ers new stadium or in other places. Not going to happen here. Uh, not going to work here. Now, you know, my assumption is they're going to build a, a smaller stadium in terms of seating capacity so that you, they can control prices, you know, more for the market size and so forth. But, but I think what people need to understand is whether you go the cheapest route which is retrofitting the existing stadium, which I'm all for if they wanted to do that. Um, you know, whether you, whether you do that or you go retractable roof, $2 billion downtown waterfront stadium, um, you're going to pay regardless. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not merely talking about we New York state taxpayers or Erie County taxpayers. Um, I'm talking about ticket buyers and your, your tickets are going to go up, uh, way up. Your concessions are going to go way up. Yep. 
your parking is going to go way Oh, up. God, parking is going to go nuts. I yeah. mean, I remember going yeah. to a Patriots game, Bill's Patriots game years ago, and it was 40 bucks to park uh-huh. or 50 bucks, And, there, you know, there's only one way in, one way out. Foxborough, what a dump that place is. Um, but, man, Buffalo, you know, you're paying what? I, You know, you can park in lawns now, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Sure. No way, no way. Yeah, so, you know, when you talk about, well, are people going to be able to afford that, you know, if, if these prices, the ticket prices go up 25, 30, 40%, I mean, it, it could be that much yeah. to, to fund, to fund this stadium. And, and oh, by the way, don't think that this is going to be clear sailing that, um, you know, the taxpayers are going to, and, and politicians are just going to cave in and say like, yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, you know, to, <coughs> to, to Terry and Kim Pagula that, you know, we'll go and, We'll, 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 we'll give you this, we'll build this stadium for you. Uh, I don't think so. I, you know, this is a different world we're in in case people forgot, um, you know, after the pandemic and, and whatever. So it's, uh, I think this is far from over. And I think we're just in the early stages of, of what's going on. No doubt. No doubt about it. What do you think the Bills, Scott Petoniak, are trying to accomplish in the upcoming training camp? What do you think some of the boxes they're looking to check look like? Well, excuse me. Um, well, one of the great things, you know, I, I, I was looking at at whole situation of going into camp, and one of the great things, Mike, about this is that they're they're right up there right now where they need to be, and now it's just a case where you know they're adding things and and tweaking things here and there to try to take that next step to get over that hump that is you know it's the Kansas City Chiefs and stuff, and so. Um, they're in a great way. I mean, I can't remember. You probably have to go back to Marv in, in the glory years to find another time where they're going into their fourth consecutive training camp with the same head coach, yep. same quarterback, same offensive coordinator, same defensive coordinator. I mean, that stability. It's crazy. And that's, that's the stability of really, really good football teams. So that's good. So, you know, from – so what what you're doing here is you're going to look at certain areas that you'd like to strengthen, um, you know, and and you, and it, and I think the other thing is you've got an abundance of competition at certain positions, wide receiver, offensive line. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing to have. So, you know, as far as specifics, um, as far as players or positions and stuff, um, I'm I'm intrigued with uh you know with what might happen at running back and you know like i am I'm, I'm glad that the bills didn't use their first pick on a running back because you know for everybody who's complaining about oh they needed they need, you know well they they did like score a record number of franchise record number of points with the running backs they had and you 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 would have to think that you know these guys this unit is going to be better on experience alone, you know, Singletary, I, I guess uh, people were raving about how great a shape he came back in, uh, you know, so is, is this, this his chance? And, and there, it's probably going to be a multiple, multiple, you know, a committee like thing anyways there, um, you know, at that position. So I, I'm, 
interested to see, you know, if, if Zach Moss coming coming back, you know, from an injury, mm-hmm. if if he's going to be the guy, you know, he's, he's a he's a more physical punishing runner, you know, uh, where does where does Matt uh, Breda, uh, you know, f- uh, fit into this this scheme? So so I'm I'm interested, I'm intrigued by that. You know, the other thing, you know, I talked about like all this talent at wide receiver, and and one of these um, intriguing and and maybe the the newsiest story of the offseason personnel wise is what is going to happen with Cole Beasley right you know given given his pronouncements uh, about you know his rights being taken away and that the players association is a joke and you know the whole you know whole vaccination issue um is he going to quit uh you know is he going to get beaten out I mean for you know for uh Sean McDermott to you know, come out publicly, you know, about the issue really, I think spoke legion legions because he doesn't, he doesn't say anything publicly. He, he, he knows what he's doing every time he speaks to the press. And usually, you know, he masters what many really good coaches do and saying nothing, right. The art of saying nothing and certainly not, you know, publicly criticizing or even, even slightly indicating that he's criticizing publicly one of his players, you know? So, I don't, you know, I wonder how that is going to play out. But, uh, you know, as, as good a slot receiver as, as Beasley was, and, and he certainly is, you know, among the best in the league by any any measurements you want to do as far as that position. I do think they've got enough players that at that position that can can fill that role. And you know, and as as it stands, they play uh, they play so many four wide receiver sets anyway. So so I think that's going to be interesting to see how. That all plays out. You know that, uh, regardless, Beasley is going to continue to be asked about it. And is this going to be, um, you know, is this going to be a, a, an ongoing distraction, so to speak? Uh, I'm also interested to see, you know, with the offensive line, uh, Cody Ford to me is is the one like, you know, it's put up or shut up time for him. Um, you know, is, is he gonna is he gonna finally play? you know, up to the level of the high draft pick should be playing, you know, in the, what, his third year, I think, in the league. Um, or is he going to get beaten out, which is a distinct possibility as well. So, you know, there – and then I think defensively what's most intriguing to me, Mike, is just the, is the edge rushers. Um, you know, and, um, you know, Jerry Hughes is not getting any younger. Um, and so I, it's, it's really incumbent upon, you know, the young guys – and that's not just, you know, that's just not the rookies like Rousseau, who I, I still think is more of a project and will be, you know, used in, in spot situations and in, in obvious rushdowns or whatever. And, you know, but Boogie uh, Basham may he may be a guy that uh, of all the rookies may have an opportunity to make an impact right away or play right away. But the, the, the ones that I'm, I'm looking at more specifically at Oliver, whom you know, we're told by the coaching staff and, and uh, you know, and, and, and Brandon Bean that, you know, he's had a better year, better performance than you actually know. But I, I really think that, you know, a guy who's chosen that highly has to be more of an impact maker. He's got to have more, you know, game-changing type plays. And maybe with uh, Star Latulele uh, back, you know, to, to clog up, uh, some of the area and stuff and, and free up people like Oliver that maybe he's going to come through. And then, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see also, uh, 
you know, I, I think with, uh, with AJ, uh, Epineza, you know, uh, it's time for him in the second year. He, he did play better, Mike, as the season went on. And supposedly he's another guy who's got his weight where they want him to have his weight and his conditioning where they want him to be. I mean, he might have he might have gotten a little light last year early on, and that, that didn't help. So those are, you know, those are those are several areas that I'm I'm looking at, uh, you know, going going into this this training camp. Let's hit on two more things here, Scott, before I let you run. Again, Scott Petoniak with us uh, talking some bills at Scott Petoniak on Twitter, the longtime insider and reporter covering the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, uh, you can get his work at the Rochester Business Journal website at rbj.net. I'm concerned as far as – you know what? I'm not concerned. I'm curious to how the Bills handle these expectations, number one. And number two, Josh Allen coming off of that year, not only expectations, but it's different this year. The atmosphere is going to be what it was before Corona. This team last year had a ton of success home and away, 13 wins. Nobody saw it coming. But, you know, you did it in empty stadiums. You could hear everything. You're not going to be able to hear everything anymore, uh, you know, especially on the road. What about those two things? Can they handle these expectations, and can Josh Allen handle that atmosphere that we've seen in the past? And I know it wasn't last year. He had a great year, but we did see, and he's still kind of prone to, hero ball. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, it's a great question, um, and the expectation question is always a great one, like particularly after you've, you've experienced success for the first time. You know, it is a, I mean, real, real great success here. There's no question. That, um, you know, he, he, he played, uh, had an MVP caliber type season last year. And this team did what we had um, hoped it would, uh, you know, in that it, it, it had, you know, reached all, it reached all the way to the AFC championship game. They, they needed to win a playoff game. A home, get a home playoff game, win the division. They did all those things. They checked all those boxes. But now, as you say, like now, you know, uh, they're not sneaking up on anybody. Um, and 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 there's going to be a, a greater, uh, hotter spotlight um, that's going to be analyzing, you know, Josh uh, as we go through here. I, I mean, I'm confident that he's going to that he's going to continue to progress. I don't think. I don't think he's going to necessarily have the numbers um, he had last year. And maybe that, you know, and, and that isn't necessarily a reflection that, you know, he's regressed or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's, it is going to be interesting to see how he handles, how he handles that. And, you know, and you mentioned about, um, you, you know, you're going to, you're going to be going into hostile places, places that are truly hostile. You know, it's going to be more than just uh uh, my my bed was a little lumpy in the hotel or whatever the night before the game. There's, there's going to be people screaming at you, and they're going they're going to make it difficult to, you know, communicate plays and so forth. So it is going to be interesting to see how this high powered, high octane offense led by Josh handles um, that situation. But the expectation level never been higher. You know, Bills Bills fans always. Um, whine about they don't get the respect, you know, they don't get the national respect, which, you know, to me was always a stupid thing. Like, what do you care? You know, if your team is doing the job on the field, who cares if, oh, we're not being respected nationally or whatever, I, you know, that doesn't matter. But so now you're getting it, you know, and, and you've got, you got, you know, national 
uh, commentators and analysts and so forth who say like, yeah, Super Bowl, yeah, uh, Longshot could win the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. Um, thing, you know, it's expectations that you haven't had for a quarter century. How are you going to handle it? You know, now again, I'm confident in Josh. I think he's an incredibly hard worker focus. I don't think, you know, like, like he had some off season where, you know, uh, an Aaron Rodgers off season, you know, or he's going to go post jeopardy and play all these, you know, golf tournaments and, and, and play all these games as far as am I coming back or not? You know, like, so I, I think he's going to be focused. Um, I think of greater concern, Mike, is always it's always the thing that we can never predict or account for, and that is injury. Um, you know, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, again, I, I, I love the fact that Brandon B went out and got Mitchell Trubisky as a as a stopgap, but we know that Mitchell Trubisky is not going to win the Super Bowl for you. He, he can keep the ship going uh, if need be. You know, if there's a short stretch where where Josh is out or something like that. But that's the thing I I always worry about and. And I think going back to your point about hero ball, Mike, is that one of the other bad aspects of hero ball is not just forcing the issue and maybe forcing an interception, but Josh has a tendency still, you know, to, to make himself quite vulnerable, vulnerable to bad hits, to injurious hits. And that that's concerning to me because again, it all flows from 17. He's the reason why we're, talking about this team as a Super Bowl contender. So he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay focused. And I think, I, I think he'll be okay mentally. Otherwise, I think he'll, he'll handle it. Okay. I, I don't, I really don't see, you know, that that was some, you know, some sort of fluke or there's going to be major regression. I would, I would be shocked if that happens. Okay. Final thing, Allen contract. Are you surprised it hasn't gotten done yet? Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, he. I, I guess his people could look at it from the aspect like, look at the, the cap is going up next year, um, and uh, so I, I could like wait it out and get even more money or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, you ask yourself like, how much is too much after a while? Like, how much do you really need? And I don't, I don't think he's one of those ones. But, but you know, I mean, he he could he could be, you know, in in uh, you know position to get the highest contract in NFL history he could surpass Mahomes maybe not in terms of length or whatever but you know yearly salary or whatever so I you know he's, he's playing it that way and 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 you know I, I don't I really don't believe that Brandon Bean and, and McDermott are like waiting out just to be like if last year was a fluke or not I think I think they're all in as they should be um you know but they've got a you know they've got a they've got to look long term too and and not get themselves in the positions that other teams have gotten themselves into with onerous long-term contracts in which they can't, can no longer keep the people around the star quarterback uh, to enable him to excel, you know? So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not worried about, I, it's going to get done. He wants to stay. They definitely want him. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And, and, you, you know, Mike, it can be structured in so many different oh, ways. Gosh. You know, I mean, it, it, how can you figure out? It's like a Rubik's Cube sometimes to try to <laughs> – but they can structure it, like – and they can restructure it. You know, I mean, Tom Brady did it a million times over. 
uh, and probably in, in his case, he took under market value for 20 years in New England there and uh, to help his team. And but Scott, by the way, that Rubik's cube can be like you turn it one way, you're like, ah, oh, does that fit? Ah, oh, that says 31 million. Turn it to this one, 32 <laughs> and a half million. Uh, 33 yeah. million, and and then the years are on the other side, and you you kind of have to mix it in, you know. Right, and guaranteed, like, you know, what am I getting up front? Yeah. How am I, yeah. I going to help them out cap-wise and, and help them help myself out? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you want, you want to keep these guys that you're throwing the ball to? Oh, you know, you want to, you want to keep these guys who are protecting you yeah. or whatever. Well, it takes money. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and so you, you, you're part of that equation, and, and we'd like to have you be part of it and see how you are part of it. And yet, hey, I want my money, and we know that quarterbacks rule, it's, it's kind of like uh, – they're, they've taken a page from the NBA stars, you know, and that, hey, we, we got the power now, and, uh, and and we want the money. Show us the money. So, But, again, I have – I really don't have any concerns that this is all going to get worked out in a way that, you know, both parties are, are happy about. Um, but, you know, again, there's talk that, you know, that Josh's people don't want necessarily as long a term – contract is like Mahomes did you know with the the decade-long extension whatever that he wants something shorter and if you do that that does then kind of make it more difficult to fudge and play around with the numbers to help you out with the cap space Rochester Business Journal rbj.net check out his pieces Scott Petoniak at scottpetoniak.com uh, at scottpetoniak on Twitter I should say and scottpetoniak.com. Make sure you visit Amazon and your local bookstores to pick up all of his books as well. The longtime Bills reporter and insider and best-selling author and storyteller. Scott, thank you as always, my friend. We'll talk soon. Hopefully I can see you this summer. Hey, I hope so too, Mike. Thanks so much.
Prepare yourself for the future of nursing with an advanced degree from Gonzaga University. Gain the skills to take on a leadership role or become a nurse practitioner through our online MSN and DNP programs. Gonzaga graduates are known as practice-ready, influential thinkers who are rigorously trained to provide the highest quality patient care. Visit gonzaga.edu slash graduate nursing to learn how Gonzaga can help you achieve your goals. That's gonzaga.edu slash graduate nursing. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.